Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 157 of Process to Profitability. There are so many tools, apps, and hacks to help business owners get everything done, but so many of us are still struggling with burnout. It's time to have a different kind of conversation around time management. Today, Devin Lee is joining me to talk about redefining good and bad time management skills. We dive into the deeper issues and talk about viewing time management in a new way. Devin also shares how she helps business owners plan their time so they can avoid burnout and still run a business they love. Devin Lee is a certified online business manager. She takes the dreams of visionaries who thrive on ideas and puts them into an actionable plan. She loves to outline the ultimate customer journey for her clients' businesses, find the holes and obstacles, and then patch them up. She loves elevating business owners to the next level and then watching a newly well-oiled business do its thing. And she loves to teach overwhelmed entrepreneurs how to change their relationship with time. In her spare time, Devin roller skates, listens to podcasts, studies the Enneagrams, explores the best places to eat sushi in Portland, and makes new friends. Be sure to check out Devin on Instagram. We did an Instagram live about quarterly planning in January that you can go and watch and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Devin. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Samantha. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. I read your bio at the beginning of the show, but I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got started in your business. Yeah. So I am a certified online business manager. Um, I've had lots of different jobs uh, in my early career. Um, and then before the pandemic, I was a professional organizer and that was my first experience running my own business. And so I got really, really good at creating business systems and being really organized in my business. Um, and then, you know, that job is kind of uh, <laughs> a little chaotic. Some months are really awesome, some months are not. Um, so I decided to um, start virtual assisting on the side, which I something I had been doing since I was in college. So like the past decade, because people just always would come to me asking for help. Um, and one of my first clients was a business coach. And within a few weeks, she said, you know, you're not really a virtual assistant. You're actually an online business manager. And I think that you should start, um, you know, rebranding yourself that way because you're doing a different job um, and I had never heard of that so I looked up what an online business manager is and I found out oh my gosh that's me um, and so I started calling myself an online business manager and then a year later this or two years maybe I got certified in 2020 um, and sorry, 2021, I got certified and, um, what an online business manager is, is they're, they're different than a VA in such that when you hire a virtual assistant, they're really good at getting the tasks done that you assign to them and then handing the project back to you and you need to manage them. 
but an online business manager kind of partners with you in your business. So if you have a really strong vision, they're going to um, take that vision. We call we call the business owner the expander. Like a lot of businesses are always having great ideas and they're expanding, expanding. And the online business manager comes in and contains that vision to something that can be turned into an actual plan. And they put systems in place and they manage your team. Um, and so that's what I do for my clients. And I also specialize in quarterly planning where I do one-offs with folks, where we sit down and we plan the next 90 days for them and get a whole plan in place and then assign tasks to their team members and put things in the calendar and like review their tech and just kind of make sure they're good to go. And I also, even though it's not like a particular service I offer yet, I am super passionate about time management because a lot of my clients um, you know, especially when I was a professional organizer, a lot of the folks I worked with struggle with time management. And then I noticed the same thing with my OBM clients. They had a ton of stuff to do and they weren't always managing their time well. And so it's just something I've always been very passionate about and I love talking about it. And that's why I'm here today. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we're talking about exactly that today. And I think everybody has these ideas about time management and what that means and what that looks like and if they're good or bad at it based on you know how they did in high school and college and we can hold on to that and once you get into business like there's this whole different world of things you have to do and ways that you have to think about things so let's dive in by talking about you know what people mean when they say they have good or bad time management skills um, and just an overview of really what that means. Yes, this is something I love to emphasize to people before we dive into talking about time management is what does that even mean? Um, because I think, you know, the typical definition of poor time management and, you know, what, like you said, like maybe what we were told when we were younger is you have, you're not managing your time well if you're not completing tasks on time or maybe you're not completing them at all. Maybe you're late to everything. And that is one way to look at um, poor time management. But I also like to look at it as, um, you know, how do we feel about our relationship to time? Because there are people who maybe they are getting it all done, but um, they are super burnt out and they feel awful and it's not it's not a good feeling. Um, and on the flip side, there are people who maybe they aren't getting everything done or they're a little late. And um, I would say they are being really productive. Um, my favorite example of this is one of my clients. Um, our very first meeting before he even um, decided to work with me, he told me he has really intense ADHD. He's very dyslexic. Um, and, and in addition, he runs this big business with his lots of team members and he has four kids. So he's got a ton going on and he's um, not neural, uh, he's uh, neural atypical. Um, but he is like incredibly successful. And also I've never heard him say he's stressed out. He never seems overwhelmed and he lives this like beautiful, fulfilling life where he prioritizes his family. And the reason is, is he knows himself really well. And you know what? He doesn't get it all done. He's really good at, um, knowing what's actually important. Um, and so sometimes things are late. Sometimes they don't get done, but the important things do. And so his relationship to time is 
feels good to him. And I think that is more important than the person who's getting it all done. I love that. I know. So in college, I was an architecture major and I prided myself on the fact that I never had to pull an all-nighter to get a project done, which would have been really bad for me anyway. I need sleep. But once I had a kid in my business and I had to cut my work hours down to like 20 hours, it was like, I can't do all of that. I can't be this like efficient person who works all day long. And so I really had to update what it means to be good at managing my time and figure out, okay, what is important that I have to actually get done and what can go on the back burner. Yeah, I've been um, experiencing something similar, as you know already. Uh, I mean, I don't have any children, but I (laughs) broke my wrist um, over the holidays and I couldn't type with my left hand and I was on pain meds and, you know, I had surgery. And um, I actually, right before that, had all this like momentum where I was doing a million things and I was like really pushing the limits already of the amount of time I had. Um, And all of a sudden I had to take a huge step back from my business and say like, okay, what is actually important and let everything else go. And I had to kind of take my own advice (laughs) (laughs) for the first time in a while. And um, it was, uh, it was very interesting and I learned a lot. So I know there is like this conversation going on about our 40 hour work week and we don't need to be working 40 hours and some other countries are not. And Some people have, you know, they say they're going to work a 40 hour work week and then they're actually working like 80 hours. Like my husband, he comes home every day and works all night to grade papers for his kids. So where did that even come from? Why did we decide that 40 hours was what people needed to be working? Yes, this is the other thing I love talking about because um, when I first started my own business, I had in my mind, like, well, if I don't work at least eight hours a day, I'm failing. And, you know, I was trying to keep, even though I wasn't working an office job anymore, I was trying to keep to this like 40 hour work week. And sometimes I did more than that. Sometimes I did less and it caused me to kind of look and research like, well, where did this even come from? And like, what does it mean? Cause we're just so, we just accept it because it's so ingrained into our culture. And so, you know, during, or the beginning of the industrial revolution, we had all these factories as most people know like folks were working like 12 hour days six days a week there were no laws the factory overlords could just have us work whenever and um the workers it's actually like workers rights like that whole plot is fascinating to me um workers came together despite working these crazy hours and fought to have a different work week and so i think it was in 1916 if i'm correct we got the eight hour work day and then i believe not till 1940 did we even get the 40 hour work week so what that means is first of all um this 40 hour work week and eight hour work day is basically like any more than that we've decided like that's too much (laughs) like that's the bare minimum before it's too much um and also the more important thing is the idea of the 40-hour work week hasn't been first of all isn't based on anything it's not based on productivity it's not based on happiness there's no studies around it well there maybe there are but i you know that's not where it came from Um, But it hasn't been revisited in a hundred years. And so we don't really need to 
keep that in our minds as something to work towards. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people listening, you know, if they've come from some sort of sort of corporate job, probably had a job where they worked a 40 hour week, they went in for eight hours. I know I did. But I didn't actually have eight hours of work to do every day. And so I was either finding stuff to do or I was scrolling online trying to fill my time because I just had to have be a butt in the seat for that amount of time. Same. I think I was productive a few hours a day and then spent the rest of the time on Reddit. Like it was totally, (laughs) it was just nonsensical. (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's this idea that we carry over then into our businesses, especially if we have a spouse who works a more traditional job that if they are at work, then I need to be at work, you know? If somebody else is sitting at a desk for eight hours, then I need to be sitting at a desk for eight hours, even if that means I'm spending half the time on Facebook because I'm not actually getting anything done. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, so there's this book that I love called When by Daniel Pink, highly recommended to everyone. And he really dives into different energy cycles. Um, And we all, you know, there's the early bird, the night owl, and then the third bird, which is most people. Um, But one of my favorite things he goes into, and there are so many studies on this. He has a million charts in the book. Um, We all have this like Bermuda triangle in the middle of the day, this like afternoon trough where like, um, you know, people who get up early, they have a peak in the morning and then they have the afternoon trough, like early afternoon. And then if you're a night owl, you are okay in the morning and then you have a trough and then your energy peaks. And so the thing is, everyone is tired that early afternoon. Um, And the other thing he talks about is you really need to take like a true break throughout the day and he has a lot of definitions of what a true break is but the most important thing is if you don't take a true break your body and your brain are going to take one for you Um, and that means like leaving your desk or leaving your work and being detached and doing something completely different and what happens is like for me i know that if i try and like hustle and work through the middle of the day um, to get it all done and skip my afternoon break i just completely like I burn out by 2 p.m. And so my brain takes a break anyways. And then it's like, what was the point? I could have gotten a second wind and worked longer if I took this break. But what I see even more commonly in like really overachieving entrepreneurs is um, folks who are, are able to hustle the whole day, work through all their breaks, and they do that day after day. I know some folks who on Saturday is their one day off and they spend that day just like not okay they're burnt out that's their one day where they release and they're not even able to enjoy it or i've even seen unfortunately business owners who will do that for months and then they just burn out completely their business isn't able to sustain it um and so even if we think we're like this magical unicorn that can go 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 we really can't we really need to give ourselves a break not not just in the middle of the day but like at least once a week we need to take at least one day off i prefer two or three um but it's, 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 it's counterintuitive to like hustle culture, right? Which I think we're all getting away from. Like actually taking a break is more productive and you have more energy after you take the break. Like it's kind of funny that way. 
Yeah, we actually talked a lot about hustle culture on last week's episode that'll be coming out before this one. And it was really good to just say, you know what? We don't need to do things this way. We have to figure out our own way to do things. And I think we all recognize that afternoon slump. You hear everybody talking about, I have to go get three more cups of coffee just to sit at my desk longer. And I, I mean, I used to do that. Now my kid takes a nap and it is such an unreliable nap that I never sit down to work because I never know if he's going to scream his head off or if he is going to fall asleep. <laughs> oh, no. And so it's become like a built-in break. And at first I felt really guilty about it. Right. I was like, I need to be working. He's asleep, hopefully. But what I've learned is like, if I can take that break, sometimes I can even take a nap. Like my brain works in the background and then I'm ready to go with new ideas. I can process all of this information and come back at it better the next time I sit down. Yes. And that's like the, one of the fun things I think about managing your time is part of it is managing your energy. Like how do you get the best use of your time? And fortunately, sometimes it's just like sitting down and taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about time and kind of where this 40 hour work week came from, but what are some of the things we believe about our relationship with time and this time management skills that aren't necessarily true? Yeah, so there are so many myths that we're taught because of the way our culture is that um, we, I think, need to unlearn. Um, and a few of them that I've seen is, um, one of them is this idea that if I don't say yes to everyone and commit to everyone with my schedule, people will be really disappointed in me. And I like to kind of turn that on its head and say, well, what if we have kind boundaries and start protecting our time and protecting our calendar? Um, then that's good for everyone. I'm thinking of um, a past, a colleague I used to have, well, we're still colleagues, um, but at the time we were working together and um, she scheduled a meeting with me on a week that I knew she had a really busy week. And I trusted that she would cancel if um, she needed to. And, um, but I knew she was also a person of integrity and she didn't cancel that meeting. And the whole meeting, she was like falling asleep. We didn't get anything done. Um, she didn't really take in anything I was saying. And I wish that she had protected um, her time and just said no to me. And then it would have been, I wish she had just taken a nap instead. <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, especially when we're newer to business, we want to say yes to everyone and give our time out to everyone. But really, um, it's better to protect it because it's better for the other person too. So another one that I really struggled with when I was new to business and I was younger and had a lot more energy is I wanted to say yes to everything because I didn't want to miss out on a really cool opportunity. Um, I was really excited and I just wanted to do everything just to have the exciting experience. And But then what I learned is if I only say yes to certain things, um, then what I do say yes to is higher quality and more intentional. And so you don't need to spend as much time if what you're doing is higher quality. Another one that kind of gets more into money mindset, which is a whole different podcast, <laughs> uh, 
um, who, and I'm not a mindset money coach, uh, money mindset coach, but um, is this idea that, well, you know, if I, I have to work a certain amount and spend my time because I need to trade that for dollars. And I also want to say everyone's situation is different. Everyone's financial stresses are different. Um, but I think we're also getting to a place where a lot of entrepreneurs are saying, do I really have to trade my time for money or are there other ways to sustain myself? Um, I'm thinking of a recent conversation I had with a good friend who is a therapist and she is, you know, loves her career, but she's drowning in student loans as many of us are. And um, there are, because she's a therapist, there are different um, government plans to pay off those loans. And they're not great plans. And you can be on this plan for like 10 or 20 years. You have to work certain type of jobs that don't pay you well. And they're not ones that really were gonna fulfill her. But in her mind, she was like, I have to trade this time each week for 10, 20 years and hope that the program is still running then. And then I can get my, my loans paid off. And then recently she sat down and she crunched the numbers and she said, you know what, if I just work my private practice and not these like government approved jobs and charge the way my private practice differently and am a little frugal for three years, I can completely pay off my student loans myself. And I think that we, there are always other ways to get our needs met that we're not always thinking of because we're so used to my hour is worth a certain amount and I need to trade that hour in order to make my life a certain way. Yeah, I think that's definitely true, especially when it comes to, you know, for business owners, a lot of us are not using the degrees that we have our student loans for. And so we feel like we have this obligation to pay that back or we have an obligation to whoever helped us get started and really, we need to do what's going to work for us. And, you know, yes, we need to take care of the financial side of things, but it doesn't have to look like you are sacrificing your time and your energy in order to do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's just, there's always different ways. And, you know, I just, I like getting creative with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if somebody's looking at this and they're like, okay, I have been trying to do a 40 hour work week. It's just not working. I feel like I'm not very productive. Do you have tips on how business owners can find ways to improve, improve their time management so that they can get stuff done without feeling like they are just stuck working all the time? Yeah. And so what I usually encourage people to do is to first take a step back and really think about, um, first of all, where are you starting from? Are you neurodivergent? Do you maybe have like some health issues that give you different energy? Maybe you work at home with kids or maybe you're co-working with a partner. Maybe there's something that makes um, your relationship to time Maybe there's obstacles in the way or it's different than the typical. First, I ask people to step back and say, okay, where am I starting from? Um, because once you know what the challenges are, then you can kind of, again, get creative or get support or learn about whatever it is and kind of set yourself up for success. So the first step is like finding out what the external obstacles are and finding creative ways to work with them. Um, and then another thing is to look inward and think about, okay, what are my values? 
what's motivating me? What are my priorities? Um, because I think that we have an idea of like, oh, my family is the most important or getting my business launched is the most important. But then when it comes to how we choose to spend our time, it can get really overwhelming. Like a good example of this is um, when I first started my business, my main priority and my big value in my life was I wanted to have a successful business that sustained me and could pay my bills. So that was my top priority. So if there was a Wednesday night where there was a networking meeting for me to go to and a friend asked me for dinner i had to make a decision about how i spent my time but because i knew uh, exactly where my values were i could easily say i'm going to the networking uh, the networking meeting and then i don't get that decision fatigue around how to spend my time now things are different my business is more established um, I prioritize my community a little bit more. So maybe I will choose something that's more social or community oriented on a Wednesday night, Wednesday night over a networking meeting. But knowing kind of where your priorities are removes the decision fatigue when you're creating a schedule. Um, and then I also ask people to track their time. Um, I have worked with a lot of business owners who say they feel really overwhelmed, but they don't know where their time is going. And um, I promise you, like tracking your time can feel irritating. And I know there's <laughs> a lot of resistance around it, but when you track your time, you get really surprised at where your time is going. Um, and then you can use that as information to maybe uh, go about your day a different way. So those are just a, a few things for I, I <laughs> ask people to do just to start like asking questions about like, okay, where am I starting from and where do I even want to go? Yeah, I think the time tracking piece, I mean, I started doing that a long time ago in my business and what I found and really what it led me to was that I spend so much time like switching back and forth. I think so many of us do when we have to answer an email that comes in and then we have to go do a task and then we have another email that comes in and then we jump onto social media for a few minutes. And there's a lot of time lost in that. And sometimes when your business is set up in a way that you, you know, are always just taking requests from people, that's kind of how you have to work. And when I switched over to doing a VIP day process, I was able to look at it and say, if I didn't have to wait for somebody to send me an email every three days, I could do this a whole <laughs> lot faster. Like yeah. I could sit down and concentrate on design. I can get it all done. It's just that the way I have set up my service and the way I've set up my business doesn't lead to that really extended concentrated time where I am in the work and getting stuff done. Yes. I mean, yeah, a big one is time blocking, right? Like Tuesdays are my meetings day. And that's why, you know, I'm, this is, it's Tuesday while we're recording. And so this is the day I chat with you. My VIP day is on Friday. And then that day is just that VIP day. Um, and I know you have a day set aside for your VIP day too, and it really does make a difference. And I think we're always afraid, like, I know when I first made all my Tuesday um, meetings all on Tuesday, my fear was, well, what if someone can't meet on Tuesday? But you know what? They figure it out. And if they really can't meet, they email me and I make an exception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just, it's just our brain switching back and forth. It takes too much energy and it's too stressful. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Like, 
if I have ever had somebody come up and say, this is the day that I record podcast episodes. And I'm like, that's actually the one day I don't work. We will figure out a way to make it work because it's not all the time. And so you can be a little bit flexible on those rare occasions if something is important. And the rest of the time, you can keep those boundaries in place so that you know for yourself and other people know what to expect. Yeah. One thing I noticed with folks who um, struggle to keep boundaries around their time is they live on the what if train. What if they can't or what if they need this? What if they need that? And I just encourage people like get off the what if train. Like you don't need to live there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any tools or systems that you find really helpful for you or your clients when it comes to time management and planning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so everyone's business is different, but um, to circle back to time tracking, like I highly recommend um, a program called Toggle. There's also Clockify. These are three online softwares that track your time for you. They make it super easy. I think every business owner should be just tracking their time all the time. If you are in a business where there is any type of scheduling at all, um, you need a scheduler. I use Acuity, but now that I am using Dubsado as my like business management tool, I'm moving over to Dubsado. There's also Calendly. Um, I'm shocked by the amount of business owners who still don't have a scheduler. Um, it takes too much time. Like when I found Acuity, it changed my life. Like I would pay them double if they asked for it. <laughs> um, it's huge. And then also thinking about. Um, Once you have an established business, um, what I love to do sometimes, and this is kind of specific, but you can, I think, apply it to different parts of your business is um, one thing I do with clients is we write out their client journey, like their client flow um, from when the moment their client um, enters their sphere, like maybe they booked a sales call or they wrote an inquiry to you know, to onboarding, to delivery, to offboarding. Um, And you can do this with any system in your business. This is just my favorite one to do. And then we look at this, we write out what would the ideal be? And then we look at, okay, like where can we automate? Where can we delegate? And what can we just get rid of completely? Um, And I think, again, taking a step back, writing out your systems and then automating them using Zapier to make zaps between things. Um, My current obsession is creating filters in my Gmail, like (laughs) that's saving me a ton of time. Um, I just figured out how to um, make Dubsado email me my tasks and then have that immediately um, filed away and then create a to-do in my project management tool for me, like that's saving me a ton of time every day. Um, and so I think it's fun to look at, look at your systems, write them all out and then see, again, ask yourself, what can I automate? What can I delegate? What can I get rid of completely? There's a lot of things that we can get rid of in our systems actually. Yeah. All right. So I will link to all of those tools so people can check them out. I know we've talked about some on the show before, and it's all about figuring out what works for you and your budget and your business and the way that your brain works. So everybody's going to find something different, but this is a good place to start as far as like, okay, if I just Google all of these tools, there's a million things that come up. Um, But is there anything that we haven't covered about time management that you wanted to talk about before we get into our wrap-up questions? 
I, I would love to say one more thing. I love to, this is another thing I love to leave people with when I talk about time management, I always leave this to the end. Two things that I like to say to protect my calendar that are really helpful. Um, so whenever anybody asks me to do anything, whether they want to meet for coffee or they want me to do a podcast or they want me to present, um, the first thing I always say is let me check my calendar because a allows me to take a step back and think, okay, do I have time to do this? Because I think a lot of people have an automatic yes. And then they check their calendar, check first, see if you have time to do it and then say, do I want to do this? Is this good for my business? Is this something I would enjoy doing? Is this something I have the energy for? And then you can come back and say, yes, I would love to do this. Um, and then the other thing I love to say is when you're feeling really busy in your business, um, I, I often, if I feel overwhelmed, I'll say to folks, um, I'm really busy right now. Can we circle back in a month? And sometimes, you know, when you're really busy, you can just put a little to do in your calendar to circle back and that kicks the can down the road. But honestly, if you're so busy and you don't think, um, what that person is asking of you is a good use of your time. It's kind of a polite way to say no, because they are going to forget to follow up with you. <laughs> and it gives you a really polite out. 99% um, of the time folks do not follow up. Um, and so those are just two phrases that I have given to people over the years that allow them to kind of protect their time in really, really polite ways. Um, so that's just the last little tidbit I wanted to leave everyone <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really helpful, especially thinking about, you know, telling people, let me check my calendar so you can actually evaluate first before you commit to something, even if it could fit into your schedule, maybe you just don't actually want to do it. And yeah. so many times we commit to something and then we're like, oh, I'm actually really dreading this. I don't want to do this. And that is such a suck on your time when you have to think about it all the time about this thing is coming up and I don't want to do it, but I can't get out of it. And like, that's, that's so draining. And I think we forget things don't just take time. They take emotional energy as well. Um, it's like, so today, Tuesday is my meeting day. I have literally back-to-back -back meetings today, but I'm an extrovert. And so that lights me up. Um, I think any introvert would look at my calendar and just have a panic attack. Like, <laughs> um, so keep that in mind too. Like you might have the time, but you might not have the energy. I'm like, that's okay too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people who have podcasts or whatever, they record all, everything in one day. I cannot do that. I have like <laughs> a cap of two interviews a day. And if it's, even if I hit two, like at the end, I am just drained and so I would rather spread them out and know, okay, there's two days a week where people can sign up, but I'm never going to have stuff back to back where I am not going to be able to show up at my best. Yes. Amazing boundaries. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up, I always like to ask people if you could recommend one thing to a friend, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Okay. So you had asked me this ahead of time and I knew I would just wing it in the moment. And what I realized, what I want to say is meditation. Um, I think it's good for anyone to do. Um, but since we're talking about time, what I realize is 
um, meditation really helps me rewire my brain to focus and that allows me to make the use best use of my time. Um, but it also just really changes um, the way you view your day. Um, and so I think that would be my recommendation today. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I agree that when you're thinking about time management, that's a great way to like add something into your day and, you know, long-term just change your focus, get more of that, uh, into your life so that you can then go on to do things differently. All right, so if people want to learn more about the things that you help people with and connect with you online, where can they find you? Yes, so my website is devonlee.com um, where you can learn all about me. I'm also on Instagram at devonleeobm, D-E-V-I-N-L-E-E-O-B-M. Um, I'm really into reels right now, so there's some fun content there. <laughs> And I also um, was in the middle of creating a time management course for folks who really wanted to dig in since breaking my wrist. That's one of the things that kind of was put on the back burner, but I'm restarting that again. So if you are on a time management journey and you want to learn more and maybe want to take it to the next level with something like an online course that I think will be really fun, um, sign up for my newsletter on my website because that's going to be starting up soon. Um, and then you can, uh, learn about it as soon as it comes out. Awesome. I will link to that. And uh, I encourage everybody to go check things out. Devin's reels have been really fun to watch. So make sure to check her out and ask her questions if you have them about time management and planning and all of that stuff. Yes. I love to, I always love to emphasize I'm an extrovert. Like, please reach out. I love making friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. I always love chatting with you. So thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.